Hi, everybody. This is Marnie with the Golden Thread Podcast. And today we have an incredible Wahine joining us from Kauai. And this is Tara. And I'm going to just introduce Tara Coyote in a second. But uh, welcome, 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 sister. It's so good to see you here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I think we've been trying to get get you on the schedule for a while. So it's even more exciting to just be able to connect. And then I feel Kauai all behind you at the same time. So it's like visiting home. Sweet. Yeah, you can hear the roosters behind me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there. I'm right there. Um, let me just give the listeners a little bit about your bio and, um, and then we're going to go into some of the topics that we're going to cover today. So if you're listening in, you know, please just set aside some time and have some tea, or if you're on a walk or driving, just being mindful of, of, of doing that as well. Um, but Tara is a life coach and equine facility learning instructor grief facilitator, a stage, is it five? I'm not good with Roman numerals. Four. Four. Stage four, <clears throat> breast cancer thriver and best-selling author of Grace, Grit, and Gratitude, a cancer's thriver's journey from hospice to full recovery with the healing power of horses and her latest children's book, Comanche, the Wild Mustang, which is out. So two books that are happening as well as the third one, which we're going to talk about today. Tara has been sharing her journey with cancer since 2016 through her various social media platforms. Um, This includes, and if you can, I'm going to just let you guys know that, you know, you can find her on Instagram under Tara Coyote, TikTok, through Facebook, through her YouTube. I'll put all these links in the episode also under wildhorsesanctuary.com and cancerwarriorist.com. So she aims to find joy in adversity, even through her dance, which I watch her do dancing a lot on Instagram. I always love watching the dancing, but, you know, really this joyful way of moving through um, all of the stages of cancer. And she's so open to sharing her journey with us, which is extremely inspiring. She's the founder of Wild Horse Sanctuary in Kauai, Hawaii, and a certified, what is that? EpoQuest? EponaQuest. Epona Quest. Quest. Never heard of that. Equine facilitated learning instructor, a life coach, a workshop leader, a writer, and a dancer. And as I t- I told you guys, like she's currently on island of Kauai, where she grew up, Hawaii with her animals. And when she's not swimming with her mermaid tail in the gorgeous ocean surrounded in the garden island, you can find her playing her fiddle or writing, and you can find her happily scooping horse manure. <laughs> Love that. Like, what a full life. Like, what a full, beautiful life. Yeah, thank you. Good life. It's a good life. And uh, you can find most of her work on Amazon or amazon.com slash author Tara Coyote. So we are going to go into lots of content here. More importantly, um, we met during a time when you were, when you were deep into your cancer journey and um feel so honored to have been part of that journey and to witness where you were and to witness where you are now it's just so so endearing in a way that the human spirit has such much more 
adversity in it, like ability to grow and learn from itself and still thrive and rebirth itself. And it's just, to me, just such an essence and a testament to um, your soul and what you're here to do. And I'm just so excited to share this space with you today. Thank you. What a lovely introduction. I'm so honored. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'm glad you're here. And um, let's go into your journey, your cancer journey a little bit. Sure, I'll give it to you in a nutshell. Um, I was diagnosed with stage three breast cancer in September 2016. So it's been over seven years now. Um, my best friend had died from acute myeloid leukemia one year before I was diagnosed. And I was very fairly traumatized because I was one of her caretakers for 22 months um, and had spent so much time in the hospital with her. And so when I was diagnosed, I was always a very natural girl, you know, didn't see the doctor yeah. much, take medicine. And they wanted me to do chemo surgery radiation. And I said, no, I'm going to do all natural, which I did for a few years. I had a horse retreat center in Northern California called Wind Horse Sanctuary. And um, I was doing very well in the cancer healing path until a very stressful incident occurred. And the um, I was forced to give up my ranch and my business there. And it was about a year of constant stress. And during that time, the cancer spread throughout my body. It, it started out in my breast, obviously, and, and then went to my lungs, my liver, my spine, my adrenal gland, my hips. So it was basically all over my body. Yeah. Um, and then I decided to move home to Kauai, Hawaii, which is where I am now. Um, in the winter of 2019, I was re recommended to hospice. I was referred to hospice, but I decided not to go into hospice. Um, mm -hmm. I decided to face my fear of doing chemotherapy, which I was terrified to do. Um, and at that point, I, I literally was dying. Like I had so much cancer in my lungs. Like I couldn't talk. I was on oxygen all the time. I had to sit up to sleep because I was gagging in my sleep and I was walking with a cane because my left hip was breaking. Oh. Um, yeah, it was, it was intense. I was in pain just because there was cancer all in my bones. It was not fun. Um, yeah. And so I decided to face my fear of doing chemo. My son was 26 at the time. And I'm like, I really want to be here for my son. I ended up doing nine months of chemotherapy, which is around that time I met you. I met you in the summer of 2019 when I was still deep in that process. Mm -hmm. um, and during that, the nine months of chemo, I almost died a few times. I ended up breaking my left hip and I had to have emergency double hip surgery and learn mm -hmm. to walk again. That was full on intense. And then I finished treatment in February of 2020 with remarkable results. The cancer still was in my body, but it shrunk. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then just to share all during this time, I was still keeping up my natural non-toxic medicine, you know, to keep my immune system strong. And then last year in the fall of 2022, I was declared NED, no evidence of disease, which was remarkable. And that I like, I never thought I would ever hear Right. Given that cancer was all in my body. So, yeah, I'm so grateful to be alive and to be taking care of horse mermaiding and living a full, beautiful life because I literally was, you know, I was dying. And now here I yeah. am. Yeah. Functioning and thriving. It's a, it's a miracle. It really it's a miracle. is. 
you're a miracle. It's it's just it's amazing to me, and I do love, um, you know, and I know you explain a lot of this in your in your your best selling book, you know, Grace, Grit, and Gratitude for the listeners, um, of your of this whole journey, and that was written over COVID time, right? And yeah. so witnessing like the full circle of just this whole experience and this ability for you to listen to your intuition and have the grit to kind of go towards your fear of Western medicine and trusting that system, which I know is a fear for a lot of people. And now yeah. like, having, you know, your book and, and YouTube and you, platforming and talking about your whole experience and helping people and supporting people on their own journey. And, you know, it, it's just amazing to me how um, life is sometimes gives you like your purpose in ways that you just don't even recognize it when it's happening. So true. Absolutely. Yep. That's exactly it. Yeah. I never would have chosen this path, but here I am. So <laughs> it's meant to be. Yeah. And it's wild. It's wild. And maybe, um, so where are you right now? I mean, are you completely cancer free now and you do still do any treatments or. Yeah. I mean, part of what happens with me, I, I, it was hormone driven breast cancer. So I do once a month, I get hormone blocking shots um, just to keep my hormones off uh, to keep the cancer from growing. And then once every three months I do shots for my bones and then I keep up my vitamin IVs and, you know, eat a clean diet and do lots of other things. But, but I'm still in this world. You know, I came so close to the edge. Those of us who were doing well with stage four cancer, it's, it's kind of a, like the lifestyle. Now I've um, accepted it and I'm grateful and it's part of my path, part of my mm -hmm. Dharma. Mm -hmm. And, and you're probably more healthy than, you know, so many people out there because of it too. Like just, right. I would, I'd need to do IV drip vitamins. That would be amazing. I don't think they have it in Thailand, but I'll be curious. <laughs> Maybe I'll look around and see if they do. And like you say, you build a community around it too, right? Because you do all bond together and people going through a similar illness or disease. I see that with you know, the refugee work that I do over here, just this incredible collective trauma around displacement. But this trauma bonding, I think is important for people to, to be able to lean on each other. And you've got friends, I think I got to meet one of your friends, I forgot his dear name, um, at the Jaidev summer solstice retreat. Oh, um, Eugene. Yes. Eugene. Yes. I got to meet Eugene. And, um, you know, and right away I could just feel like, oh, he says such a beautiful heart, you know. And when um when you're like, please meet my friend Eugene, and he looked out, he was looking for me, and I was just like, Oh my god, Tara's friend. Like it was just like immediate, you know. I was like, Oh, I love this man. Oh a beautiful person, you know, and you can just tell, like, and he wasn't able to do the practice. I mean, he got to sit in the back and just kind of absorb the energy and like be in the space, which is always super, super healing. Um and, um, but just, I always think of that in terms of like why I started the podcast, it's like called the golden thread to kind of see how we all connect and what makes us a humanity in a way and how we can hold compassion and work towards spaces of joy together through our suffering <laughs> and, you know, how we can all enlighten each other along the way of things that we've done or ways that we've learned to like be with our illness and be with our suffering and be with the hard 
you know, hardships of what it is to be human and then still come to the other side of it and find the gratitude and the joy and the equanimity that can occur because of it. So, you know, this whole journey of what it is to be a human is fascinating to me. Um, Absolutely. What were some of the things that you felt were absolutely key towards your healing your cancer in your cancer journey? Uh, well, one is a word I know you know well, aloha ma. Yes. <laughs> From Yoni. Um, yeah. That self-reflective love, self-care, that was huge mm -hmm. self-love for me, like learning how to really love myself. Mm -hmm. Fierce, fierce self-care and learn to put myself first and really listen to my wants and needs because when you're on a deep healing journey like you really need to tend to every cell of your body in a way and be congruent with the people you're spending time with what you choose to do because mm -hmm. if you're out congruence then of course you're creating an imbalance within your body so I think that was the biggest thing is really tending to myself that self-care and um I do believe that my animals my horses I mean my book is all about that the healing power of horses they help a lot with their huge hearts and just being in nature too I'm very blessed to live in an off-the-grid yurt here in Kauai and mm -hmm. I know the island really helps me and just living mm -hmm. a clean simple life too mm -hmm. the ocean so yeah I'm very grateful there's there's a lot of beauty and and attitude too like positive attitude, attitude of gratitude and mm -hmm. yeah. being with my processing my emotions. It's always trying to come back to a clear place. Yeah. Yeah. And that's good advice. I think for all of us, you know, whether you're on a cancer journey or not, but I mean, I, I feel a lot of people, um, I always say that I feel gratitude is a superpower and, you know, if you're really working with it well, then your whole life will change in ways that you can't even describe. But I do feel um, it's important. Like all those facets are really important. Like the animals, the nature, the positive vibrations, the self-reflection, you know, which is the compassionate inquiry, which we, we do a lot in um, many healing modalities do that. So if you're listening to this and if you're looking for ways to, you know, work more with many of these things. Like you can find it in, in Tara's book, I'm sure. Um, ways to like practice self-compassion. You can also, you know, if you're Buddhist and you know about Buddhist psychology, um, hopefully in my books in too, you'll learn about like the four noble truths, you know, of like compassion, loving kindness, um, sympathetic joy and equanimity. Um, these are all ways to like really live a very, beautiful life. Um, and you know, that's not to negate suffering in any way. It's just ways to like have skillful means to kind of move through your life with grace, which is what her book is about. Grace, grit, and gratitude. Um, yes. and let's, is there anything else you want to say about that? Uh, just also the importance of doing things that bring you joy too. you know, it's a, we're so trained to our brain's so trained to be stressed and focus on the negative and, and work hard. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with working hard, but it's very important to bring in joy, whatever that is to you. If it's a, sitting with your cat or 
reading a book or taking a bath and being with friends, like to really place an importance on joy for healing. Just want to do a little plug for joy. <laughs> yeah, let's plug for joy. <laughs> well, Nate, let's name the episode something about joy because I completely agree with you. Um, you know, laughter is such is such incredible medicine, and we we need more and more and more of it. And everything that's happening right now on the planet like however we can get into those spaces of joy and gratitude is going to be really what keeps us going I feel um and you know just that you were saying the importance of joy like what else would you do for joy um as you're because you facilitate and you talk and you've got clients and you're on YouTube and everything like that what are some of the things that people challenges that people have said that they can't get into their space of joy that you know about? Um, I think it's just uh, when we're going through a tough time, you know, whether it be grief or trauma, it, it's hard to find that thread. It's like you have to actively look for it. You have to be uh, close enough with your own process and be present with it to kind of work through it and get to the other spot of joy. I do a lot of work with people with grief and I've been through a lot of grief. I've had a lot of friends die at a young age from cancer. My parents just both died in the last year and a half, two years. It's been very painful for me. So I just speaking for myself, like you have to really work through whatever emotions that are preventing you from finding that joy, whether it be anger or grief or frustration of really embodying and owning the emotion which is a lot of the horse work I teach too so just mm -hmm. you know seeing the horses how they they're very pure in whatever they experience they experience the sensation whatever it may be and they get the message behind it they do whatever they need to do and then they metaphorically go back to grazing which is like returning back to a place of center so I like to use that metaphor because it makes a lot of sense <laughs> i love it and i i'm a horse person too i grew up with horses and i i just i'm i missed my horse time and hopefully i'll find some horse energy over here i'm, I'm gonna after this i'm gonna make sure i try to get to that that place in thailand where i think they have a horse sanctuary but can we talk about that a little bit um of equine therapy because a lot of people don't know about it sure. And it was something that helped me on my healing journey. Um, I got to go to an equine therapy place on the big island. I can't remember the name of it, but it was a horse sanctuary. You know, it was an animal rescue sanctuary and you could go and, you know, meet with various different types of animals. But I think because I grew up with horses and had horses, like I immediately, and there was one on the North shore too. I remember doing it, a equine therapy session um, when Wonderlust came and they had a, a workshop with equine therapy after there, but a lot of people don't know what equine therapy is. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit. Sure. Sure. Um, I'm not a therapist, so I can't really say I'm an equine therapist. I'm an equine facilitated learning instructor. Yeah. Um, so what, what it is, my definition of it is, and it's hard to explain. It's, it's like self-reflective work with horses. I don't do any riding with clients and I barely ride myself. It's all on the ground. So it's self-reflective exercises to help bring self-awareness. And then there's also more active leadership-based exercises. So what it looks like is, I mean, there's a lot 
that we do, but just helping people tune into their bodies, listening to their bodies, listening to their emotions, and then spending time with the horses and seeing what comes up for them. You know, it can be very powerful. I know for me, when I started doing this work for myself, I think one session with a horse felt like months and months of therapy. It's very effective. Um, Mm -hmm. It could be things like having a horse move around a round pen and like learning how to do that. It can be walking with a horse. I mean, it's, it's very subtle and it's very profound. So it's, Mm -hmm. um, it's really Mm -hmm. about your heart while you're with a horse Mm -hmm. way. Right. And I feel like it's, it's very approachable. So if you are listening and if it's something that you're curious about or have always wanted to, I mean, there's a lot of facing fears, you know, around being around a big animal too, I think for people. Um, so there's a, there's, there, it can be like so many complex emotions happening at the same time. But um, I encourage you to, you know, look up on her website, windhorsesanctuary.com to learn more about this kind of work. And um, it's, a, it is available. Like you don't have to know anything about horses, right? I mean, you can be a beginner, right. like it's very approachable. It's a very approachable yeah. way of healing. Yes. Yes. Anybody could do it. You don't need to have any horse experience whatsoever. Yeah. And you don't even have to have your own horse. Exactly. Yeah. You do not need to have your own horse. <laughs> go to her horse therapy place and you can just go to Windhorse yeah, Sanctuary and experience it there. And and I think it, it would be a great way to add that to a modality on your healing journey if you are curious about it. Um, to have that even available is super unique because I don't know of too many places that that do that all the time. And um are you the only one on Kauai that does this that you know of? There's um, there's healing horses. They work with kids, which is great. They do something slightly different than what I do. And there's another woman who does some shamanic work with horses on the island. But I was mm-hmm. trained with Kohonap, who wrote the Dao of Equus. So what I do is 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 different. You know, it's yeah, everybody's got their own style and manner. So yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all valid. It's all perfect. You know, everybody's got their own needs and wants. So it's, I'm glad there's a lot of people out there doing this work. Absolutely. Like the, it's really important that we have access to it. And, you know, there are different intentions and it reaches different audiences and, and everything. So, um, and I'm not sure yet. Do you know if there's any more places on other islands yeah, there's some people on Oahu doing it. Um, I know the Big Island. There, at this point, you know, when I first started doing this work 12 years ago or so, it was not as many people were doing it. And now there's a lot more, which is great. And there's different schools doing it. So I'm not sure exactly who all is out there doing it, but I know there are various people on the islands doing it. Yeah. So it's happening. It's happening. It's that's, happening. Yeah, that's so cool. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about moving. I know you wrote a beautiful book, (laughs) which is Comanche, the wild Mustang. And it was more of a children's book, right? With illustration, Mm -hmm. very very different book than, um, Grace, Grit and Gratitude, which was, you know, kind of like an autobiography. Yeah. Yep. 
And then we moved into like children, like fiction with, with Comanche, the wild Mustang. Can you talk about um, that book in particular? And Sure. Well, it's just actually the story of my horse. It's a real story. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And there's actually a coloring book version of it. So there's the main one and a coloring book one. Um, yeah. It's a story of my wild horse Comanche. I was inspired to create it because a lot of people don't know that there are wild horses in North America and they're, they're in danger, like so many mm -hmm. species on this earth. Um, and he's got a fascinating story of being taken out of the wild when he was a year old out of Reno, Nevada. And this wonderful woman trained him and had him for about 10 years. I got him when he was 11 and um, he worked at my horse retreat center, obviously in Northern California. And then he took a Madsen ocean boat across the ocean with his buddy Blue, who's here. So that's a super fascinating story about their ocean ride. Yeah. And then he's been. He's been such an incredible healing force for me. So he's such a beautiful horse um, that I was just inspired to write a book about him. So people know about the wild Mustangs and there's a whole educational part in the back of what kids can do to help the wild horses. Cause I think it's important to let people know about these causes that they might not necessarily know about. And yeah. there's a beautiful woman who illustrated it gorgeous photos so yeah I'm very proud of my little Comanche series <laughs> <laughs> so great I mean what a life he's had <laughs> exactly if he could talk and tell it all be really uh, fascinating. he's doing it through you which I love and um yeah. yeah and 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 I only learned about the wild horses I mean really really understood it when I watched your Instagram when you would go there and and share your story and what is the what kind of link or I can share the link so people can learn more about <clears throat> yeah yeah can, it's it's I have two websites Windhorse Sanctuary and Cancer Warrioress and yeah. on both my websites there's links to my books and such okay and and links to the wild horse um is it a nonprofit or it goes um, well both book supports two different wild horse organizations yeah and there's there's information on my website about both places okay yeah we will share about that in the bio but let's move on to the last thing which is um which i was really excited about is, is witnessing your journey of also embracing your mermaid side of self <laughs> and this, yeah. this beautiful like returning to the ocean endeavor and adventure really that you've been on and watching you do mermaiding and taking on a mermaid tail and learning about swimming as a mermaid. And then like this beautiful new book, that's going to be coming out about it and ocean conservation. But let's go into like how you got back into being your mermaid self. I would love to talk about, it. I love to talk about mermaiding. Um, <laughs> so yes, like I said, both my parents passed, four month period um, in the last year and a half, two years. And it was very traumatic, especially my dad's death because it was super fast. It was four months after my mom and it was very devastating in a lot of ways. And my brother and I had to like go over our family house. So it was all in one year. It was like losing the house, mom and dad. And I was last year, I was just devastated and, yeah, you know, in a huge amount of grief. And, um, I actually went to Maui. I spent time with Keone, our dear friend. And um, I saw that there was a 
professional mermaid on Maui. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I'm going to spend time with her. So I went and spent time with her. She taught me how to use a tail. She took some fun photos and um, it was completely transformed me. And I, cause I've always loved water. I'm a Pisces and I've always, mm-hmm. you know, Hawaii, it's always been such a part of my life. And I thought, Hey, I can wear a tail. And it was so easy and effortless to wear it and do the movements. And yeah. um, it just brought a lot of joy and healing of being in the ocean and feeling this sense of freedom and play. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's been a beautiful experience. I'm actually going to Tahiti this weekend um, to swim with whales for a <gasps> week, which I'm so excited my favorite about. favorite place on the planet. I love Tahiti. So much. Oh, oh good to know. So lucky. You're so yeah, lucky. I'm so excited. It's but, so um, beautiful. Yeah. And so, about, I'm coming out with another kid's book. It's called uh, Kama, Kama, sorry, Kaimana. <laughs> Speak much. Kaimana, the Hawaiian mermaid. And it's a story about um, this happened in real life. A sperm whale washed up on the coast here in Kauai in January. Mm-hmm. It literally mm-hmm. washed up on the coast, choked by plastic. It had eaten mm-hmm. plastic nets, and and it was just very upsetting. Like, oh my gosh, what have we done, you know, to these creatures? And so I decided to uh, write a kids' book about a Hawaiian mermaid who leads a campaign to reduce plastic usage around the whole world. She inspires the island of Kauai to do it, and it spreads around the world. So. I just felt like, you know, it was really important to teach kids about this because we see the ocean and it's such a vast, mysterious source where it's so beautiful. But when I started mermaiding, I discovered, oh my gosh, there's a whole world under here, you know, that's goes miles down and, and you know, it's fathomless, obviously. And I wanted to share with people that the coral reefs are important, the whales, the fish, and that we need to think about the ocean too. So I love it. Ocean conservation and Mm -hmm. also just watching, like if you do follow, get to follow her on Instagram, you can see like all this beautiful photos of mermaiding and being in the water and just that whole community that exists. And as I was mentioning to Tara before, like I used to do wild um, dolphin swim guides. I was a dolphin swim guide for many years on Kona on the big island, but I also grew up diving and being in the ocean all the time. So um, mermaiding is part of who I am. And I'm, I'm always, that's my biggest challenge being up here in the mountains is like not being near the ocean. And it is so important to write books about ways that kids can learn more. Even adults can learn more about ocean conservation and ways that they can love and appreciate the ocean and reconnect with the water. So I can't wait. When is that book coming out? Uh, sometime in November this year. Yeah. Before the holidays. So, yeah. Hopefully if all goes well, which it seems to be doing November, 2020. Yep. Nice. And I know that you, you had like, um, was it a local Hawaiian illustrator for the book? <laughs> No, uh, it's the same woman, Nika Ware, Nika Quinn, okay. who did the book because she's a beautiful artist. She did an amazing job. This book is stunning. Uh, so can't, yeah. can't wait to to learn more. What's the name of it? Do you have a name? Are you allowed to say the name yet? Yeah, yeah. It's Kaimana the Hawaiian Mermaid. I love it. 
so sweet and so inspiring to see like how your journey has gone from land to sea and back to land and to sea and who knows maybe the next book will be some mystical goddess in the in the air you know (laughs) never know (laughs) never know right you never know where writing can take you and um just the last couple of questions since this seems to be the month of female writers um any tips for people out there who are wanting to birth a story or maybe are thinking about writing or i know that you really focused and you had a mentor um during covid to kind of help you get onto this path of becoming a published author what would be some of your tips for people who are wanting to do this yeah i think the hardest thing and the most important thing is just to sit down and devote time do it. You know, it's just really sitting down to do it because even for me, I've put out a few books and I'm working on more right now. It's like just doing it, you know, carving yeah. out time. I find like anything going to the gym or whatever, like you have to build that muscle and that practice. So what helps me is I try to find an hour each day of just like sit down, turn off my phone for an hour. And I write down in a notebook what I want to accomplish that day. Mm-hmm. And then when I done with that hour I'll write down what I did accomplish and like what I want to work on the next day whether it's part of the story whether it's marketing whatever it may be but just devoting time each day you know even a half an hour a day I think it's just getting that going and because you know it's so easy to procrastinate or get distracted but I find that once I find that hour a day it's like I have I get in that pattern. So it's like, okay, I got to do it. It's six o'clock at night. I haven't done it. So I'll do it now sort of thing. Right. Yeah. Oh. Like anything. And were you like, working with a, a mentor group or a publishing group or some of the people I've had on the program, like worked with Hay House or someone in particular, would you recommend anyone in particular? Yeah, I started writing my book. It was right after COVID hit in 2020 and I signed up for this program called self-publishing school and mm-hmm. provided a coach and there was a Facebook group and like an online class schedule and zoom classes. So that was really helpful for me because it was, I'd never self-published before. So it helped give me the structure to learn how to do it. But I think, right. yeah, whether it's, I know Hay House provides some of that as well, or the company that works with Hay House um, yeah. having a mentor definitely does help, especially if you're new to it. So yeah. definitely there are people who are book coaches. You can look around yeah. for that. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on to the program today. I've thoroughly enjoyed learning more and more about your amazing life and your tenacious spirit. And really, I, I feel like this is such a great representation for all of you to witness how you can turn your suffering into something beautiful you know like no mud no lotus as Thich Nhat Hanh says you know it's like take what you have and take your life experience and do something amazing with it and I truly just believe Tara is a prime example of that and thank you for being so vulnerable with all of us and sharing everything with us because it inspires everyone to really take note of what's important in life and how you can also like come through it, even the adversity 
with such grace and be able to share your story and share who you are and yeah, just live a beautiful life. So thank you. Thank you. Mahalo sister. Oh, thank you so much. It's been wonderful to chat with you. And um, stay tuned because we're going to be learning more about other female writers. But if you want to learn more about Tara's work, you can go to her Instagram, which is her name, Tara, T-A-R-A, Coyote, K, I mean, sorry, (laughs) C-O-Y-O-T-E. So that's Tara Coyote. And that's on Instagram as well as on TikTok is her name. And then on YouTube, it's her name as well. And on Facebook, it's her name, but it's T Coyote. And then her two websites are windhorsesanctuary.com and cancerwarrioress.com. And under Amazon, you can find her as an author under Tara Coyote. So there's many, many ways of learning about her work and her published work and ways to get a hold of her if you are on a cancer journey, if you're curious about um, horse equine therapy, if you are curious about being a writer, it's anything. She's got so much available for many, many, many different angles to work with her. So I encourage you to just follow her, follow her story, get inspired and do something out there that inspires all of us as well. Until next time, stay tuned for more podcasts and looking forward to being with all of you on the Golden Thread Podcast.